0: What's going on, Better Than Rich Show listeners? You're in for a special treat today. We have put together kind of a quick hitting episode here for you. I think you're really going to like it from previous episodes. So uh, I know you're going to love it. Uh, I think you're going to really enjoy this. And again, it's just something you consume real quick, quick hitting, just a little jolt in the arm here uh, this morning or this evening, wherever this podcast happens to find you. I hope you have a great day ahead and remember to leave today better than you found it.
1: We have this false self behind the scenes that's kind of operating all the time. You gave a great analogy about the throne and about the ego canon and the wall that the ego is kind of hiding behind. And you even use this really beautiful analogy of the drawbridge. Can you start there with the relationship with the false self, the ego, and just this analogy that you all did such a beautiful job in the book talking about? Mike, there is a time when I would have been analyzing you. And that's
0: because there was a time when I spent a lot more time in my false self, <laughs> in my ego. And, and in my ego, I'm Dr. Kelly, who has all the answers and who you know can understand everybody else better than they can understand themselves. And what a safe place that is to sort of camp out in for Dr. Kelly. But the truth is, more and more, what I'm trying to do is not live from that safe and protected place. So I can promise you so far. I've succeeded at that tonight and I haven't not psychoanalyzed you yet. Yeah. I think for me, the, the fundamental truth about being human that has absolutely changed and transformed the way that I see myself, the way that I grow personally, the way that I help others in my coaching practice through their growth is to recognize that we don't have one self, that we've got two selves and the hinge between those selves is this experience that we call shame. The idea is that we come into the world with a true self, and I even, these days, I refer to it as the original self. It's the self we arrived in the world with. If you're a spiritual person, it was the self that was given to you when you entered into the world. And it was good enough and worthy of love and belonging. It was just a given, a fact. And when you were young, you didn't even question that fact. But at some point, all of us, at some point in life, begin to experience something that we call shame. And it's the message and the belief that we aren't good enough for love and belonging the way that we are, and and when that happens, when we begin to experience that, we do sort of the natural thing as young people. Actually, um, usually this is starting to happen by five, six, seven years old, even in the best of childhoods. We say to ourselves, essentially, not consciously but unconsciously, "Well, hey, if the true self that I have, if the self I was given isn't good enough to be loved and to belong." then I guess I'm going to have to build the self that is. I'm going to have to create a new self that is in charge of going out into the world to earn new love and belonging. And that's when we begin to build our false self. And, you know, as a psychologist and as a coach, I've had to figure out over the years, I mean, true self, false self, like these are sort of murky inner concepts, Right. And so metaphors really help to get our hands around and our minds around those concepts. And so the concept that seems to have been most helpful for folks over the years is the concept of the false self or the ego, as it's also called, as a castle. And castles are built to protect their inhabitants, right? And so the the false self or the ego castle that we start building in childhood is, as I see it, made of three components. And those are walls, cannons, and thrones. So our ego walls, first of all, we I'd say we probably most young people start to build their ego walls around 3rd or 4th grade. And this is the first component of our false self that is sort of designed to hide us away from people. We put up our walls, we try to blend in, we hide our uniqueness because we're afraid that our uniqueness is going to get us nailed again. And so we start to try to blend in. I remember when my oldest came home from third or fourth grade. And I think he had left the house in like mismatched pairs of socks and clothes that didn't (laughs) match themselves. And he comes home saying, I need to wear this brand to school tomorrow. I'm going to be trying to sit with these kids at the lunchroom tomorrow. I need to play this sport at recess. He started to build ego walls, ways of sort of blending in with the crowd so that he doesn't pick up any more punishment, any more messages that he's not good enough. And then for most of us young people, sometime around like, I don't know, probably middle school, which is sort of why middle school is a terrible, horrible experience for most young people. We start to add ego cannons to our ego walls, and these are the more aggressive things we do to keep people at a distance. You know, like the walls weren't working. We still felt ashamed. We still felt not good enough. So now we're going to like hurt other people to stop them from hurting us. Best offense is a good defense sort of idea and so we start to build those ego cannons my wife by the way she says that's a very masculine metaphor and that women don't have ego cannons they have archers they put on their ego walls like precision strikes so whether it's ego cannons or ego archers we do these more aggressive things in that stage of life to sort of keep ourselves safe and then if all goes well And truly, I would imagine everyone here can say that at some point, they've added a throne to the ego castle. And the throne is some place in our life, some situation where we feel like we finally arrived, we have some control, we have some power, we sort of feel like, hey, I've proven I'm good enough. And so now I don't have to prove it anymore. Everyone should just sort of take that for granted. And the reality is that that, for many of us, goes okay for a while, but at some point, the ego castle, the false self, begins to create more suffering than it's preventing. And at that point, we begin to, to ask ourselves, what do, what do we do with this thing? What do we do with the ego castle we've created? And in Lovable, I mentioned every castle has a drawbridge, a point of vulnerability through which the inhabitants of the castle can exit the castle and through which we can go out and meet the world more authentically, more nakedly. And so this drawbridge is the point of vulnerability where we begin to step out and show up a little bit more authentically. The castle is always there. The false self is always there. It doesn't mean we tear it down or eradicate it. We can't uncreate what we created in our false self. But we begin to have a little bit more flexibility about when we sort of hunker down in it to stay safe and when we show up authentically in the world
1: and take some risks. And such a beautiful analogy with this ego castle. I love the way you explain it. The curiosity that I'd like to bring to you is, how does one know whether they're living in that false self or their true self? Like the this original mm. self, the self of worthiness. How do I know if it's the facade or if it's the mm. truth? Is there symptoms or is there call signs or something that we could be aware of? For me, personally,
0: one of the signatures of the true self is that the true self knows it's worthy and its worthiness is not judged in comparison to or relative to anyone else. It knows it's absolutely worthy. And it knows everyone else is absolutely worthy as well. So I can tell you how I knew earlier this afternoon in anticipation of this event tonight that my false self was actually at work. And this is how I knew. Last night, I was invited to speak to a a small group at a church. I was doing this for a friend from high school. She said, would you come and speak to our small group at church? And I said, be happy to do it. And I went to the small group at church and it was a very small group. Only two people showed up. One of them was someone with an intellectual disability who sort of confessed that she had bipolar disorder. Two of her children were in jail. The other woman who was there had complex PTSD. It was a beautiful night. It was a gorgeous night with them. Just getting to sit with that, that small group and share some of these ideas. This afternoon, there was a part of me that started to tell me that you all were more important than them that I should be nervous in front of you all because you're Tony Robbins people, right? You're not these poor ladies off of the church in rural Illinois. And so my false self was somehow starting to make comparisons about judgments about worthiness, right? And so I was able to kind of step back and see that and go, oh, you're feeling a little vulnerable today. Mike's invited you to talk to the Tony Robbins crowd. They're used to really high caliber speakers. And so you're feeling a little bit vulnerable. Maybe a little bit of shame is coming up. Am I going to be good enough? And so my ego is kicking in and starting to make comparisons. And and that's the beautiful thing about the ego, right? Is every time you notice it, you're literally in that moment re-inhabiting your true self. Every time you make the observation of your ego talking at work, protecting, defending you, comparing, judging. Every time you make that observation, the only part of you that's present to observe the false self is the true self. And so in that moment of observation tonight, I was sort of returned to myself and to this beautiful, blessed awareness that you all are totally worthy. And so are those folks. And we're all in the same playing field. There's no better indication of living in that place of of true self is to know our worthiness, to know the equal worthiness of everyone else, and to be without respect.
1: If you found value in this podcast episode and want to go a little bit deeper with myself and Andrew Biggs and our community, I recommend checking out one of these three resources. Number one is join our community. We have the Automate Delegate Systemize Facebook group with over a thousand entrepreneurs and self-employed individuals who just want to win back their time, who want to increase their profits, want to expand their businesses and really spend their time on what matters most to them. So join that group. It's on Facebook. It's called Automate Delegate Systemize. It is a private group, but we would love to have you join. Number two is we have a free one hour masterclass and this free one hour masterclass that is titled win back 13 to 37 hours of your week every single week. By you taking an hour of your time and listening and watching and workshopping with this masterclass, you will learn our three epiphanies to help you understand how to work on the business, not in the business, know that you can delegate and automate almost anything in your business, and you could also build a system in your business, even if you're not tech savvy at all. So I highly recommend you to go to AutomateDelegateSystemize.com and enjoy that free one hour masterclass. If you really wanna go deep with Andrew, myself, and other business owners, we have a program called Operator to Owner. And Operator to Owner is our premier program that's 12 weeks long that will show you exactly how to use what we call the ADS framework, going through the prospect journey, the client journey, how to onboard properly, build your staff, build the pillars of your organization, audit your time with a dollar per hour exercise, offload and delegate your under dollar per hour wage that you wanna pay yourself, how to offload those tasks, and really how to buy back your time. Our promise is that by the end, you will learn how to leverage a virtual assisted team, whether you wanna use our Better Than Rich virtual assistants, we have those services. You could go to va.betterthanrich.com, or you can learn how to use your own virtual assistant team and hire offshore workers. But we are here to help you win back time gain your freedom, and try to stay true to what it means to be an entrepreneur and why you became an entrepreneur in the first place. So take advantage of those three resources. We have the Facebook group that's free. We have the masterclass that's free. And then, of course, we have operator to owner and our virtual assistant services that are behind the paywall. And be on the lookout for our next mini course, Win Back Your Freedom and Increase Your Profits, which we've done a couple of times already. And maybe there's one coming up in the near future.